We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. Whether you're dating, single, in relationships, getting out of a relationship, in a situationship, there are always questions about why people do the things that they do, especially yourself. So no matter what status or life stage you're in, these episodes will be relevant to you, I think. <laughs> Especially right now as we're coming out of the pandemic, I feel like there might be someone out there that thought they got modern dating down. They're like, I got this. I understand what's oh, happening. No. And then the pandemic hit and it changed everything. And now we're in like this next wave of coming out of the pandemic that's going to change everything again. So, you know, you can never be ahead of modern dating. That's what I've learned. And I've also learned that you can always say you have your shit together when it comes to looking at other people's problems. This is mm. why... 
Therapists can, are, are very good at guiding you through that. Dating coaches can do that because they're a third party. They're looking at observing you. But when it comes to our own stuff, nobody has their shit together. Like nobody has it down. Okay. No. Not the therapists, not the counselors, not the dating coaches. I actually feel like we got, to, I mean, last week's episode, this is the part two of our uh, dateable hosts and now moderators of the Love of the mm-hmm. Time of Corona group that are really sharing their own individual stories coming out of the pandemic. So we have the rest of our lovely host crew. We have yes. Janice, Tony, Swanee, and Ryan. So we got all that in store Ooh. for you. But there was just such great feedback from the episode last week of just like how mm-hmm. everyone showed up is just, you know, like super confident. And I think like a lot of people said, like, I liked hearing the mix of people that were owning being single and then the mix of people that were navigating new relationships. Because we always say it, like being dateable does not mean being single. Being dateable essentially never ends. Like you're always dating mm-hmm. your partner. And there was this actually this quote that we put up on Instagram. It was actually after the episode we did with Alice, like a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. But I don't think we actually talked about it fully. But this is probably like the most liked quote we've ever gotten on Instagram. It oh, was really? Mar- yes, it was marriage is not the end of the search for love. It's the end of the search for the person to love. The search for ways to love that person has just begun. That's just such a great quote. And and I think people are really taking the time during COVID to think about relationships, marriages. Is that what I want? And if I do mm-hmm. want that, what part of that do I want? Is it the formality of it? Or is it actually like partnering up with someone and doing life together? So mm-hmm. that's a really great quote for people to think about and marinate in. I, I learned so much just from our hosts in general from that last episode. And whether you're in our Facebook group or not, even if you have no connection to the people that we're highlighting here, just think of them as people navigating through COVID mm-hmm. and post-COVID just like you are. And And I think in that last episode, I learned about how you just have to figure out your own way. Like there is just no Mm -hmm. one size fits all. We say this all the time, but I forget that. And I am always like, oh, what do other people do? You can listen and observe what other people do. But end of the day, you still have to figure out what works best for you. Yeah, I think what blows me away about our host group, and we call them hosts because they actually host the happy hours and podcast discussion groups in the sounding board. Those are like the video, more interactive ways that people are really getting to become friends from this thing. We've talked about all the meetups. I had the pleasure of meeting up with two of the hosts, Caitlin and Jason, this week. It was so fun. So nice to meet people in the flesh. And yeah, like what really amazed me, and a lot of people said this, it's like, even in the first part, and now we're going to hear the next part, it's so such different takes on things, yet everyone is so vulnerable and humble and Mm -hmm. shows so much growth, regardless of like what stage of life they're at. And the, the woman leading the pack of this week's episode <laughs> is Janice, the queen herself. She's our queen moderator. She has been with with us since the beginning of this Facebook group. The original moderator. And now we've actually upgraded Janice to an admin because she's been so integral into this community. And someone that the group really looks up to. And we've got Janice, Tony, Swanee, Ryan, all coming for you. But before we play their interviews, I think it's important to highlight our event from last week with Jeff Harry about bringing in play into your everyday (laughs) life and into dating. What a fun event 
that was, Julie. Yes. People said, I mean, him and Louise did such a fantastic job. Like, I, the feedback coming out of that event, I feel like uh, I remember I'm going to call out Julia LaSalle. She had just oh, this smile so on great. her face. And she came back and she's like, I'm ready to get back out there. Like, I feel energized. <laughs> and I'm like, great. This is exactly what we want. We want people thinking dating should be fun. It should not be this chore and a drag. Like, if you're bringing that energy onto dates, like, of course the dates aren't going to go well. What I really enjoyed about this event was that everyone came with an open mind because mm-hmm. nobody knew what they were expecting. And we all left with a, a laundry list of like awesome date mm-hmm. ideas that you could do, ranging from the smallest little thing to grand gestures. And I think we really like exercised our creative juices during mm-hmm. that. And that's what I that's what I wanted out of the session, just to be a kid again. Yeah. So, okay. So, UA, now that we're going into post-COVID <laughs> world, what's one date that you're going to do with your boyfriend? We're going to do a scavenger hunt in Long mm, Beach. Nice. This is something we've been wanting to do for a while. They have, a, there's so many companies out there to facilitate stuff like this. You just got to seek them out. But Long Long Beach has these hidden areas, and actually, my girl crush May Lee lives in one of those hidden areas. You like, an like in her backyard, <laughs> searching for items. She's like, "I swear, I'm on a scavenger hunt. I'm not stalking you." May's like That's in the so window weird. is like, is is that you, A? <laughs> May Lee's used mug is on the list. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. It sounds so creepy. I'm sorry, May, if I sound like such a creep, but you are the one that inspired me to go to Long Beach and seek out these hidden areas. I'm not going to seek out your home unless if you invite me over. That's all I'm saying. But that that's the one that I, I think it's a great family event so we can take our dogs and hmm. explore a new neighborhood. Love it. What about yours? I'm, I, okay, I'm, there's two that I really want to do. So I think I know one of them. It actually isn't going to be the one that you think. I've told everyone. No. One that my dream date is going to the trampoline park, but that is not one of, one of my new ones because that's already been in my mind. These are like fresh. No, ones. the moon one. The moon. Oh one, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. She knows. She knows. Okay, so Louise, like, okay, so we do breakout sessions, and while everyone was in breakout sessions, Jeff, Louise, Ua, and I were kind of talking about our own stuff. Jeff was like facilitating for us, and Louise had this i this one. We would like kind of like brainstorm like crazy ideas, and like the idea was like at least one or so. Stuff stuck and there was one that she put out there about going on a moon rise so she was saying that you went to like corona heights peak Mm -hmm. which is like a top part and then you would like watch the moon come up but I, you hung on to this idea because the moon is so underrated. Mm-hmm. We don't ever talk about the moon. We talk about the sunrise. We talk about watching the sunset. The moonrise could be just as beautiful and romantic. And like the moon deserves some love too. Well, that's what I loved about this workshop is it wasn't just like spitting out ideas. It was coming up with like, what are your values? Like what makes mm-hmm. something playful and like fun for you? And I think one of mine I've learned is that I am highly romantic. Romantic. And yes. I think the idea of like being on like a moon rise, like in like, you know, like being snuggled up, watching the mood come up, like that just sounds so romantic to me. Yes, I think that is so you. And that's why when Jeff first uh, was suggesting like improv classes, I was no. like, no, 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 that's not Julie. That's yes. not Julie. That's not that is not like intimate or romantic at all. 
So you know what I was thinking, actually, was this is kind of a little bit of a tangent, but related. But one of the things that I was thinking about through like the whole last episode of why everyone's like this community has really been what it has been, because you and I've talked about this before. We like were very scared to start a Facebook community. We thought it was going to be a bunch of people like bitching about dating. And we just did not want that negative energy because that isn't what Datable is about in any way. And it's like it's blown us away how introspective people are and how supporting they are to one another. I mean, we'll hear it with the host too. It's like, what has really been the core is like these people have essentially made a group of friends like over COVID times. Like a lot of them say, I tell the like the fellow members of the sounding board in Love in the Time of Corona things that like I wouldn't tell even like my closest friends, especially in the sounding board when they're chatting mm-hmm. every week via video. And I was thinking about it and I really do think actually the key to modern dating is to have that support system and having that like friendship because I was thinking about like even you and I it's therapeutic Mm -hmm. for us to be doing this podcast this is how we've both grown over the last five years with our Mm -hmm. own dating lives and I think honestly having you to like bounce things off of and to like share the thought process and normalize certain behavior like it's made it a lot easier to like go out and date after because I hear from you my trusted confidant but then also all of our guests that we have and it's almost like the members of the sounding board are doing like a mini podcast every week in a happy hour (laughs) podcast discussion group it's just not recorded I really like that in this community, we have certain people we go to for advice or for guidance. And then when we go on these dates, we have their voices in our heads. Mm-hmm. It's like, what would Janice do? Yeah. What would Janice say? What would <laughs> Shieldy do? What would Julie say? What would UA say? So it's kind of cool. You have a team of people supporting you, even though you're alone on this date with another person. You've got a whole team behind you supporting you. Mm-hmm. I, d- <laughs> I do have to share um, a message that I got about the podcast that was actually very surprising because I did not know this person was listening, but it actually came Uh-oh. from Is it my- an ex? No, it actually came from my <laughs> aunt and she wrote to me the best. I got to read this to you, UA. It's so good. I've been saving it for you so you can have a reaction. But she basically- And not the one I met, right? No, no, my other side, okay. my dad's side. And um, I mean, my sister-in-law does listen religiously. So shout out to Hannah. I know you're listening. Hi, she is- Hannah. <laughs> she is like, <laughs> she's like, I'm a legit fan. I'm going to buy merch. I'm like, I can send you a piece of merch. <laughs> she's like, I want to support you. I mean, it's so cute. But my aunt sent me this email and she did say I could read this out loud. The subject title is Dink. Dink. So you all might remember this from a few weeks ago. She said, hi, Julie, both like her and her husband, as well as your mom and dad were dinks before you and my cousin were born. That was a phrase from the, the early and mid 80s, which Janice also checked us on that this was not a new phrase. I think right, you and right, I, right. we showed our age that we did not know the phrase dink yeah we showed our young age for the first time yeah but then she said this is the best part she goes however how can you be double incomes and on a dating website unless you've an open marriage glad to clarify an old phrase so which is true but then we had a back and forth and she actually shared that she's been listening to the podcast and my aunt has actually been like fighting cancer for like the last couple of years Mm. and she shared that she's been like sharing it with her oncology nurses and it's brought a smile to the their faces and a lot of them are single themselves and it's just like it made me 
so happy that like we were able to like connect people in even that way. You know, like I think that is the power of this podcast is it's beyond just romantic connection. It's just connection in general. What's her name? Aunt Cheryl. <laughs> Aunt Cheryl, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for bringing up that point. I think that's a really good point. Why would you be a dink and be on a dating app? <laughs> Dual income, no kids. Janice also brought this up. She's like, is it a sink? Single income, no kids. Uh, is it a sink? <laughs> and then she's like, I'm a seonk. Single income, one kid. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, we we talked about this at our live show. There was one one that um, someone wrote about like with a dog. Remember? Oh, a di- uh, wait. I want to say dimwad. Dimwad. It was a dimwad. Dimwad. Can you be a nink? Like no income, no kids. You could <laughs> right? be. You There's could so be. many, so many options here. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much <laughs> for that, and we'll try to keep this as PG as possible. But you know. <laughs> Now Julie's going to have to watch some of the stories as she tells. Just saying. <laughs> I know. I love it. It kind of brought me back where my other side of the family, remember when we did that live show in New York? And like yeah. a, a punch of the audience was like my my other aunt, her sister, my sister-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, the whole crew's here. I love it. So at least end of the day, I know that if we have nobody else listening to Dateable, <laughs> we've got Julie's whole family. <laughs> Not my whole at family. Least. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At least five yeah. people from Julie's family are listening. So we'll at least have five listeners at all times. That gives me a peace of mind, okay? Oh. That is so lovely. These these messages are so odd. Because you never know who's listening. It's so you weird. Don't. Like We get messages all the time from people. We had no idea that we oh, could yeah. connect in a certain way or if the topic was super interesting to you. Yeah. So you send us all the messages, especially if you're related to Julie. <laughs> I mean, I get a lot from my coworkers too. I was like on a meeting and one guy like messaged me from the UK. Shout out to Gabriel if you're listening. And he's Gabriel, like, hey. he's like, I've been really enjoying the podcast lately. I'm like, cool. I didn't know you were listening. Awesome. <laughs> like, cool. Make sure I don't talk about you. Yeah. <laughs> More like make sure I don't talk about something wildly inappropriate, but. Like you, I said, we can only do what we can do. You know, speaking of wildly inappropriate, okay, so t- I feel like people are coming out of COVID and they're going on these in-person dates. My partner and I went on an in-person date last night and we absolutely sat in the date section because everybody around us was on a first or second date. That was my guess because it was like a little bit awkward, but a little mm. bit sexual. <laughs> you know, that goes Probably a second and the date drinks then, are flowing, yeah. Yeah. right? And the drinks are flowing. You're like, it's a little awkward. But I was a little bit shocked because I haven't witnessed in real in-person dates for a while. And the table next to me, I stopped eating and talking to my own boyfriend because their conversation was so intriguing. She kept talking about the the guys that she's dated in the past. Like she was talking oh. about, oh, the hottest guy I dated was a YouTube star and he dated this other girl and sh- he chose her over me. And then there was this other guy that was like in finance and she just went off on a history of her, I don't know, her dating past. Resume. And the guy her dating was, resume. Like, her dating resume. <laughs> and the guy just kept asking more questions. He's like, that's interesting. That's interesting. But he was also trying to get 
at like, what are we doing on our next date? I think he was Aww. trying to make it more romantic. So I, I thought that was like a little bit weird or I don't know. Is this something that people are doing now because you haven't talked about your exes in a while that this is your chance? I don't know. I was like talking about YouTube stars you've dated is like screams. This is so LA to me. That's all I took. It from is that. so fucking LA. I was like, if she mentions a TikTok star, I'm stopping this right now. I'm I mean, like, I'm so mixed on much. this. Like, I, I would be kind of turned off if someone went down their dating resume with me, especially like the way you're describing it. The more I t- think about things, like I really don't want to have the ex convos like super early. But if you do, like, it's like, what did you? learn from this like what did you take away how is it going to show up different in our relationship like there's no reason to stay in the past and just like talk about talk to your girlfriends about that not someone that you're like trying to build a relationship with yeah but what i thought was different about this conversation was that she wasn't talking about her exes she was talking about the dates that she's which is even weirder to me a humble brag or something or name dropping maybe it's an la dating thing Maybe, Maybe it's like cross checking off the box, making sure that you didn't date his like coworker or brother or something. I don't know. Maybe it's cross referencing. We have a lot of LA listeners and they are not my family. So please write in <laughs> and tell us. Please tell us what this regular LA dating is like. This couple that was on the other side of us, they were not talking at all. He just kept smelling her hair and saying, I love the smell of your hair. I can just smell this what all day. Is happening? And that's all they did all night was him leaning over to smell her hair. What? Okay, well, you know, I thought Silicon <laughs> Valley was strange, but I guess it's everywhere. We know it's everywhere. Maybe it it's maybe shows it's just up LA. different. Who knows? Shows up differently. Who knows? I'm sure there's plenty of normal daters. Not saying that, you know, I shouldn't use the word normal. If you want right, to smell right. someone's hair, maybe they have a hair smelling <laughs> fetish. Knock yourself out. As long as both people are on board and one person's like, Why are you smelling my hair? Then it gets weird. <laughs> well, I'm I'm just gonna be talking about the TikTok stars that I've dated in the past. I think that's what I've learned. Is you know name drop. Just make it up. Just have like a <laughs> make it up. That no one's gonna verify, right? <laughs> right. How could they ever? <laughs> it does bring us to our question, our question segment. So we'd like to try our best at giving some dating advice to all these questions that get emailed and DM'd to us. And this is a question that was sent in by a few people. So I'm gonna try to consolidate. It's I've been virtually seeing someone during COVID, and now that we're coming out of the pandemic, we're about to have more in-person dates, and I like to progress this relationship forward. How do I have the DTR conversation, Mm. define the relationship conversation, coming out of COVID and knowing that most of our relationship has been virtual? Interesting. Mm. I'm so mixed on the DTR convo. Very mixed on it. I know. I, I don't know. My personal experience, I haven't really had them that often. They've kind of just naturally become that. And it got to the point where it was so obvious that it was an exclusive relationship. And it was kind of like, oh, you're my girlfriend, right? Like, we've mm-hmm. it's basically been that way. Personally, I'm not a huge DTR person. But if people feel the need to DTR, then I think it's really coming from like, is this going to make you feel more secure on it? Or like, maybe the first step is like, why do you need to DTR? Maybe that is the first question that you need to ask yourself. Like, 
Like, is it yeah. that you feel like you need a DTR because that's the thing to do? Is it that you feel insecure? Is it that you want to like maintain COVID safety still? Because I think there's nothing wrong with saying like, if we're going to like sleep together, I want to make sure that like you're not sleeping with other people. But I think that's different than even DTRing. I think that's just like a precaution in a way. The whole virtual to non-virtual is very interesting to me. Very tricky. Personally, I don't believe, like, I, I, I might offend some people by saying this, but even if you've been talking for like months and months virtually, I don't know if you've actually had a first date yet. I think mm-hmm. like every situation is different. So maybe it will just like automatically translate into that. But I just don't know if you can make that assumption until you do it. So I would probably suggest to just have that first date and not have the DTR conversation and see how it flows. And then if things are just like naturally like at the speed of whatever you are doing virtually, then you can start to bring it up as things progress more in person. I'm just going to take a wild guess here, but I think these questions stem from our obsession with counting the number of dates Mm. that equates to some sort of definition of a relationship. What I mean is we hear this from so many people. Oh, we've been seeing each other for six months. Well, mm-hmm. no, it, like that's not actually a, a a measurement of like the longevity of your relationship. Or we've been on eight dates. Well, eight virtual dates where you didn't talk about anything deeper right. doesn't actually equate to eight dates. So stop, throw away the number. I think that's mm-hmm. first and foremost. I think what's more important than a DTR is a DTP. Define mm. the progression. Yes, love it. I think ultimately with the DTR, what we want to hear is we want to take this relationship to the next level. And that doesn't need to be like, are we monogamous? Are we exclusive? Mm. Are we boyfriend, girlfriend? Are we girlfriend, girlfriend? Are we boyfriend, boyfriend? Who cares? You're, the label does not matter. It's about the progression. I really enjoyed our virtual dates during the pandemic. Now we can hang out in person. Would you be open to hanging out more in person right. per week? Would you right. be open to taking a weekend trip? That's progression. I'm a big fan of the DTP. I also feel like same with you, Julie. The virtual dates, they're they shouldn't be called dates. I no. think we've there it's a misnomer. We d- can't label them as that. They are meet and greets, they are friendly calls, they're they're hangout sessions, mm-hmm. but they're not really dates. And so let's let's just not count it as that. It's really hard to go from like so so much virtual meetups to like in person and all of a sudden just feel like it translates over. I mean, it definitely can. Like, I'm just looking at, like, even our sounding board members, right? Like, when I met Jason, well, I had met Jason before, but when I met (laughs) Caitlin and some of the other folks, like, the other week when we surprised people, it did feel like we had known them for a very long time. But I think there wasn't an expectation there. Like, you know, like, it's a little different. I think when you're going in from virtual dating to now we're meeting in person and we're going to be together, it's going to be official. That's a lot of pressure and expectation when you have haven't even like seen how you vibe in real life. Can I just uh, say a confession right now? <laughs> I was a little nervous meeting yeah. our sounding board members the, the other week because I didn't know it was going to be awkward. And that's why I told Julie, I was like, as soon as we say hi, we say bye because I hate lingering and like the awkward silence. Thank God there was none of that because everyone was super cool and we jived well. But I think that tr- also ha- can happen in dating too. You could yeah. jive so well over, over video. And then in person, it's like, oh, 
awkward silence. What do I say next? And then I don't know. I, I get really nervous about that. Yeah, I think just take each date at a time and just like see what you unfold. And also the other side of I think why I personally don't like DTR is that like, I want to also feel like I'm like in it with someone and not making this like call too early to like define something before I actually even know them to the fullest. Yes, like Gisela. Yes, exactly. That was her whole story. It's like, you know, it's just enjoy the moment. I think like so much we're overthinking, trying to put labels on things. Like by no means am I saying you should date someone for like years and years and never have a conversation of what you are. But I think going from a virtual date to it in person does not need to have this conversation. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's do a update from our partners really quick. This episode is brought to you by Femtasy. Have you ever considered erotic audio stories as part of your self-care routine? Well, it should be. Femtasy is an online streaming platform with a collection of short erotic audio stories for women. The stories are ethically produced and narrated by both male and female voices. And to make it even more fun, you get to choose which voice you want to narrate the stories. My favorite, if you didn't know already, is Holly from Australia because she reminds me of my sexy friend who has the best sex stories. And if you know me well, I really enjoy the wild and raunchier stories, but Femtasy also offers stories on the sweet and romantic side too. Listen to your fantasies and take time for yourself on Femtasy.com. There are over 500 audios exclusively for you to deepen the connection with yourself. To celebrate womanhood and International Masturbation Month, Femtasy has dropped their prices. Now you can get your subscription for only 99 cents per month or $9.99 for the year. Just head to Femtasy.com and start listening to your fantasies. Again, that's F-E-M-T-A-S-Y dot com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We at Datable are huge fans of therapy and BetterHelp can match you with your own licensed therapist and connect you in a safe and private online environment. Me, for example, I was able to start communicating with my therapist in less than 48 hours. It was so quick. Now, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. Their licensed professionals specialize in everything from dating trauma, stress, anxiety, trauma with a big T, uh, depression, grief, you name it, they have someone who's an expert in that. We at Datable wish for all of you to live a happy, healthy life. And that's why as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com datable. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp spelled H-E-L-P dot com slash d-a-t-e-a-b-l-e okay so shall we hear it let's kick it off with janice Janice, she's in her 40s. She lives in Calgary, Canada, originally from Canada. And her status, I love it. She says she's pandemic king. <laughs> that's quite the word. <laughs> that's the new That's the new status of relationships at this yeah. time. Love you, it. <laughs> yeah. Are you single or what? Nope. No, I'm pandemic-ing. pandemic-ing. That's all. <laughs> so Janice, tell us about, I guess, what pandemicking means and what your dating <laughs> life has been like over the pandemic. <laughs> Pandemicing means a lot of virtual calls, a lot of phone calls, mm-hmm. and basically a lot of stuff that is not leaving the house. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and you found us during the pandemic, and 
helped us shape our Facebook community. Mm -hmm. So has the community shaped your perspective on love? And if so, how has it done that for you? Yes. So I have shared in the community that one of the things that I think is super, super important is having a gold standard. So Mm. we cannot date people that we do not believe exist. We cannot seek partners if what we believe is the kind of partner that I'm looking for literally is not of this planet. So being part of this community has really helped me get evidence every single day that the kinds of partner that I want exists. And I know Mm. they do because they're in this group Mm. communicating in a certain kind of way, exploring their emotions in a certain kind of way, stepping forward with vulnerability and authenticity. And I am heterosexual. So that specifically relates to men. We often say men are not in touch with their emotions. Men are not communicative. Men are this, men are not this, men are whatever it is. (laughs) And I see evidence every single day that I'm in our community that these things are just false because there are men there doing all of these things. I love that. I remember there was this post in the community that was like, why do all men suck? Why don't good men exist? And I remember Janice, you being like, here is an example of 10 people in this community that are freaking amazing. And it totally is the truth. Like when you are, when you're evidence seeking, you'll start to like see things that support whatever view it is. So when you can turn that to a positive view, that's just so much more productive. And not false positive view because they're they're real. It's someone else who is, it's not me sticking post-it notes on my mirror saying, he's out there. It's like, no, no, here's here's 10 or 15 men that actually embody literally those very qualities that I'm seeking. So you're saying the gold standard doesn't need to be someone in your life who's a romantic interest is the gold standard of the people you surround yourself with. So when you do seek a partner, you have a very high standard for them to look up to. Exactly. And I think the way that I interact with our community members is that way too. And so it is not only evidence from the outside, but it's evidence from the inside. I'm communicating Mm -hmm. in a way that I want to. I am having difficult conversations. I am challenging people's opinions and having my opinions challenged in ways that do feel really authentic and respectful and kind. And yet we can still have differences of opinions and we can see new things and we can learn new things. So I think that gold standard actually is probably better if it is not our romantic partner is surrounding ourselves by the kind of people that we're seeking and then giving us the opportunity to be more of the kind of person we want to be in that relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how has that changed you coming out of the pandemic? Like, I guess when you're dating new people, like have, are you feeling like, oh, this is great because I'm now meeting people of that standard? Or I could also see it being the other way, being like, oh, there's so many people out there, but these people aren't meeting my standards. What's been your experience? I think it's given me a little bit more confidence just to set aside the ones that are not. And Mm. so Mm. it has actually always been something that I feel a sense of over responsibility about. So if somebody uses words or phrases or senses that I'm like, Ugh, <laughs> I feel like I must have done something to make them say that. And oh. at this point, I can just stand in that confidence that, you know, if somebody jumps through to a sext on the second 
text that that probably wasn't me. That's just him. Mm. And we can just Mm. kind of move forward because I don't think that any of the gentlemen in our group actually would I haven't got a sex from any of them, for example. So. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but but actually, it has given me something where I can think, okay, would Tony talk to somebody like mm. this? Would some of the other men talk mm-hmm. to somebody like this on their second text? No, they would not. So it doesn't mean that I inspired that comment in the person on Tinder. Mm-hmm. It means that I can actually hold to higher standards and just set them aside. And I also have actually met people in this group because we are of such a similar mindset, I can actually work through some of those early dating challenges. I can literally Mm. vet partners with them and send them texts. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. turn into something where it is criticizing or shutting down or belittling or laughing at the other person. It is really that internal look at, okay, is this behavior something that's going to be magnified and three to six months later, I'm going to be wondering what the heck happened. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually working literally with some of the group members to vet my partners to be Mm. more dateable. Mm. I love that. (laughs) I also love the shift of mindset that's happened for you. And I think this is really important. We've talked about this before. It's like, when you don't have this community and you don't think that other people are going through the same things as you, you often take it personally and feel like you're doing something wrong. Why? It's like victim mode. Like, why does no one like me? Why do the people Mm -hmm. I like don't like me back? And I think what I've heard from you, it's like, no, this is them. This is me. Is this person, you know, like I know what I'm looking for because I see people that embody those traits. If this person can't meet those, then they're just not right for me. And it's not that they're a bad person, right? They could be right for someone else. Totally. I think the number one biggest thing I've gotten from Dateable is really flipping dating into, do I like myself when I'm in the energy of this other person? And I can tell you that I did not think that way before. I was looking Mm. at, am I attracted to them? Am I, do I think they're funny, et cetera? Now I'm actually really in that space where do I like my energy when I'm with them? Because I like my energy when I'm with people from the group, it feels very natural, authentic, not forced, vulnerable, etc. And so when I'm intersecting and interacting with a date, I better feel that same sense of being comfortable with myself. And if I don't, that's just not a good partner. And it doesn't matter what they said or what they did. It probably has nothing to even do with that. It's just not a good energetic fit. Mm-hmm. And as we're coming out of this one year of being hermits, and I remember we've spoken <laughs> to you several times as winter has been not the kindest in in Calgary. So even like a walking date or outdoor date is sort of out of the question. But as the weather becomes warmer, we're coming out of the pandemic. What is the one thing you're looking forward to the most when it comes to dating? I have a hard time answering that question because we have shut down again. So oh, as of no. Friday, they actually said that we're shut down until two thirds of people get vaccinated, which is going to be like summer. So um, I'm not sure I'm actually the best person to answer that question. Because we're still we're still in this. Okay, what about if we have a magic ball and everything <laughs> is cured? Then what would you say? <laughs> I think that I was quite specific about the kinds of activities I would do on a date prior to this. And I really learned through the pandemic that those relationships that I can foster and develop digitally on the phone through FaceTime and video, those are a great read 
prior to ever getting in person. So I mm. think that we do have something, especially on online dating. We do want to meet up with the person. We don't want to waste time. But I think investing even more in those upfront screening tools and recognizing mm-hmm. that what you see is what you get there too, because these relationships from the dateable community have all been digital and they're genuine friendships that we have been able to authentically nurture. So I think that I really didn't, I underestimated how valuable that is on the front end to get somebody on the phone, get somebody on video. Yeah. I think one theme I've heard through this whole thing is that like the friendships, the digital connections you've even made from this community that are platonic, a lot of that is going to apply to how you move forward romantically. Like in your words, like why do you think having that community, this sense of belonging is essential to like dating and relationships too? I think the two happy hour sessions that really stand out for me that did not have guests were when we did work around anxiety and fears. So in the sounding board, we get the bonus podcasts. And those were two episode themes. And they really stood out because we had a small group of people that sat on screens, made eye contact with each other, and we expressed our deepest fears or our anxieties. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, I'm not alone. And that no matter what someone said, that someone else in the room felt it, that someone else understood it. We didn't need to even talk about the depth of what that experience was like. We all related to it. And so I think it's actually given me the confidence to understand that there's not a single person who's going on a date who does not feel some fear or anxiety. Mm -hmm. And we may have it at different points in the process. So I don't tend to feel a lot of anxiety up front. I get it later. Mm -hmm. It was great to hear from people who get a lot of anxiety before a first date or a week in or two weeks in. And so just getting a stronger sense of compassion and understanding and recognizing that the feelings that I have of fears and anxiety and some of those more negative things mm-hmm. are just normal. We all yeah, have right, right. Well, it makes you a lot more empathetic for the people you're going on dates with too. Like even if the date isn't like a sli- like you know, like a home run on date one, but there's enough there, you could be like, maybe this person's nervous. <laughs> like maybe mm-hmm. this like, you know, it is worth that second shot. And I think too not just jump to block and delete or coming up with reasons why this person's doing that. Most of the time, probably the reason is some sort of fear or anxiety and they're right. using a coping mechanism or not the best strategy of communication to cover that up. And yeah. so I think that the community has really, I've literally never once in my entire life, even with all the self-work I've done and the yoga teacher trainings and the conferences for self-help and self-development, I've never, ever, ever had the experience of sitting in a room where people just confidently drop their fears on the table, drop (laughs) their anxieties on the table, and no one leaves and no one checks out and no one says anything negative. Really, it's me too. Me too. Well, props to you, Janice, for mm-hmm. setting the tone for this group and for showing us your V card, your vulnerability <laughs> card, like no other. And I think that's why others feel that there is a safe space for them to drop it all on the table. Tony, 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 32 years old. Yes. Currently in New York City. He's been there for eight years, originally from the NYC. He's single, but figuring it out. I love yes. that. <laughs> I love that you made this new status in there, right? Yes. 
single buff figuring shit out, okay? Like the rest yeah, of us. Yeah, exactly. Tony, tell us about your dating life during the pandemic. What has it been like? I think one of the things that came from the pandemic is, I guess, more honest conversations. And I'm not saying like I was dishonest beforehand, but I was always more uh, closed off. Mm-hmm. So like the really interesting thing with having phone calls or FaceTime dates, it led to just more, you know, you kind of like brush off all the, I don't want to say BS talk, but it's not just like, hey, so what's your favorite color? From? <laughs> like, oh my God, this weather. <laughs> and especially now with current events, especially within the last year, it's kind of made for you can't kind of you can't like get away from those conversations right so I think like in a way it's been better because of that has that led to you you know like knowing like okay this person isn't for me I'm gonna you know cut ties when you've had those dark combos yeah I mean I I think one of the things I've been more open about is not wanting to have Mm -hmm. kids and it's one of those things where being you know, like after turning 30 is kind of those things where like, I can't just Ah. brush around with. So I remember one time I did, and this was like early pandemic. I remember I was like talking to someone and then like mentions like, oh, so I noticed in the profile, you said you didn't want kids. Like, yeah, I figured once you kind of hit 30, you should have those Mm -hmm. conversations, even though I may not bring them up right away. It's on Mm -hmm. the profile. And yeah, we had like an entire conversation and definitely not saying like we closed off ties, but in a way we did because we knew and that's sentiment we Mm. were going to want different things so it's you know like that's probably something that we probably wouldn't have had if it was pre-pandemic like meaning we'll just probably spend the first couple of dates getting to know each other in a more different way but since you know you kind of want to focus on time and what is it that you're looking for those conversations have definitely happened earlier so basically not being afraid to talk about the things that matter to you in the in the beginning even before meeting up just so that we don't go in the cycle of date after date and not getting to these questions so like three months in and then you find (laughs) out and then you get the fuck out you're like i know her favorite color but i don't know if she wants to have kids exactly exactly and then what about the dateable community how has has this community shaped or changed your perspective on dating and love? I think it's always easier hear mm-hmm. someone's point of view that's not like a friend of yours or or like a family member because sort of feel like you always have like this pressure mm. of getting into like a relationship quicker when you know your friends are in a relationship or engaged they're married but like having to speak with other singles it's a lot easier to have like okay cool like I'm not the only one who thought this way or feels this way and yeah like even whenever we have like happy hours we always or like the podcast discussion let's say if you have like 10 or 11 people on there we're all talking about 11 different point of views of the same topic so it kind of like at least the stigmatizes some of the things that we would probably think it's weird at first but it isn't once you get to hear someone's point of view and their reasoning behind Mm. it has that carried over to like any dates you've had like have you you know like used any of that like i'm gonna look at different perspectives (laughs) when talking to romantic prospects too um i've definitely even though i feel like i am better at being emotionally vulnerable i still always have like these tendencies to still like Mm -hmm. restrict myself in that aspect so i I've definitely been making a better 
effort mm. in doing that within like my dates even though like I know there's always going to be this younger Tony or I always like to call myself like pre-therapy Tony where <laughs> he wouldn't want to talk about a lot of things so yeah like there's going to be points where I still will sometimes still restrict to that aspect but knowing could I at least be self-aware and honest and realize like yeah I kind of fucked up here and how can I at least be more self-aware about that and at least have that discussion the beauty of this journey is that we're looking for incremental change. We're not mm -hmm. looking for overnight, complete makeover and transformation. Yeah. And just knowing that in every moment, any given chance, you have the option to ask, how can I change this? Or how can I just be a tiny bit better or be a little bit more vulnerable in this moment? That's all you really need. It's baby steps. Totally. I think too, like being, being vulnerable is scary. Like I think it's hard for a lot of us. And I mean, personally, yeah. I've gotten this out of our community too, is that like if you, you know, like the baby steps of practicing even with people that are virtual that you don't even know that well, you build that muscle. So mm -hmm. when it comes into other parts of your life as well yeah and i think that's always like the tricky part is i know that it takes baby steps but i still want to just yes. you know get to that finish line quicker it's like yeah baby steps mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. in practice mm -hmm. that makes sense but mentally i'm like mm, but can we just skip to that because <laughs> you're a perfectionist and overachiever didn't we figure that out from the schemas it is, exactly. exactly. So that's always like, I always have to like, sort of not, not call myself out on that, but then realizing, yeah, like, I may not be able to verbalize mm -hmm. this as much as I want to, but sort of at least say like, hey, I know that's something I struggle with, but am willing to you know, work on and continuously do, even though I know it's maybe like one or 2%. I wish I can just go from like <laughs> zero to a hundred, but I know that's not the case. You know, what's funny though. Sometimes we don't see it in ourselves. Cause I see you, Tony, as like one of the most self-aware people mm -hmm. by far that I know. And I think a lot of people totally. in the community look up to you in that regard. Like I definitely hear a lot of people say that cause you're so, I mean, even what you were just <laughs> saying, like you're like a lot of people couldn't even articulate what you just said. So I think you need to give yourself some credit too, where credit's deserved. <laughs> you do. We just interviewed Janice and she said her barometer of like figuring out if someone's a good partner for her or not is she she would ask, would Tony say this? Would Tony do this? <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. Well, what Tony do? So there you go. Oh. You got to show yourself a little bit more patience. <laughs> I know. I, I do. I love it. So now that we're, you know, seeing starting to see a light at the end of this tunnel, people are getting the vaccine, things are reopening. How do you think you'll take like what you've kind of learned in mm -hmm. this last year through the pandemic, through the group, everything and apply that like to your dating life moving forward? Mm. I think in my end, just being more less harsher on myself, which is always tricky. And I know that if something doesn't work out, it's not a big deal. And and I know one of the things I was thinking about was, um, I know we spoke about this on the, I think it was like two weeks ago, in the happy hour. And one of my biggest fears is also one of my mm. biggest things that I'm looking forward to, which ah. is being happy in a relationship. But it is ah. also a fear. So it's always the tricky mm. part. It's like, yeah, I'm really excited and I want to do this, but I'm also afraid of it because I just, I've spent like a lot of my yeah. time single. So it's one of those things where I know it's not going to be easy. And I think that's what makes it always challenging to know. Yeah. Everyone always talks about the positives of relationships and no one really talks about like the hard work it takes to just communicate with someone and open up. So it is something that I'm trying to be more, not saying enthusiastic about, because I am, but it's just like, there's always going to be that small fear as well. So just trying to like, let go of that little by little. 
I think the fact that you actually are aware of that, though, and you've probably like heard this through people in the group and like just talking about fears mm -hmm. and talking about, you know, all the work that comes with relationships, that's setting you up so much better, though, for someone that's not even thinking about that stuff. And I think sometimes yeah. like being single, I can totally relate to this is like, there's a lot of times that you're like, I don't want to be single. But then there is something comforting because that's like the, the way of life, you know, sometimes. So the fear of change and just like letting someone else in can be just as like a big of a fear as being alone or something like the flip side of it right so that's just something i'm trying like, like i said just trying to be less uh harsh on myself with the progress that i've made i'm just curious what scares you the most about being in a happy relationship it's i don't know it's it's one of those things where and i said it just comes from like always being harsh on oneself where it's like some days it's like oh yeah i definitely do deserve this and some other days it's like do i really and then it's just one of those mm. internal dramas that always take place and i know everyone does deserve like happiness at one point or another it's just always the am i willing to know that yes that happiness is also going to come with hardships as well because we're both right growing and getting to know each other in the mm -hmm. process too Wow, really profound. We yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think like the fact that you're thinking about these things, the fact that other people view you as a gold standard, that should be like ammunition. I know, though, easier said than done. Like a lot of times we all have these internal yeah. struggles. And I think a lot of people are like, what next dating app should I be on? What should I do to tweak my profile? And my personal opinion is like the stuff that's actually more impactful is the deeper, like getting to the bottom of your own shit, basically, than like how you can like update your profile photo right and i think i've always like had that discussion with my therapist as well like even though she can like value that i've made a lot of progress when we first started but she always knows it's like she always has to like reaffirm that mm -hmm. because she knows that i'm the type of person that will always look like well yeah i know i made a lot of progress but there's also more to be done it's like can you stop thinking mm -hmm. about like the more you have to like the more stuff you have to work on and appreciate the, the progress yeah. you've made and that's just yeah so that's the that's like our constant like discussion, <laughs> at least like yeah. once a month. And the word happiness, I think, is really tricky because we talk about people being deserving of, ha yeah. of being happy, but I don't think anybody's deserving. I just think mm -hmm. happiness is a part of life and you either choose to recognize it or yeah. you don't. And I think we all have the ability to recognize happiness. And maybe that's just a different way of looking at it. But I, I just feel like happiness is is there. Mm -hmm. It's it's out there. It's part of your life. And sometimes we choose to not see it. And that's and that's okay sometimes. Right. Too. I think happiness is a is it there's a lot of pressure with the word happiness to be happy. Yes. And yeah. I think like if we can start being like, how do I feel? Like, do I feel alive? Do I feel fulfilled? You know, all of that. Like maybe that's a way to kind of be able to recognize the good that's going on on a day to day. Yeah. And it's also like recognizing that there's going to be bad with the good mm -hmm. and there's going to be like mm -hmm. sadness with the happiness too. But it's, uh, I think that's why like one of my favorite movies, and I don't know if you guys have ever seen, is like Inside Out. Yes. 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 Animated movie. So I, yeah. And it's always like one of my favorite movies because it's like one of those things where like the biggest dilemma is like sadness and happiness are always sort of, yes. you know, interlocked with each other. And then it took until the end for Joy to realize like, oh, it's okay for there to be sadness within like mm -hmm. the entire, you know, growth of the character. So it's also like realizing that as well and just being okay with that and just knowing that, yeah, it's going to be like rough. But, you know, it's sort of, is this something that you want? Actually, that was just therapy yeah. for me. So thank you for turning this into a very it's, therapeutic oh, cool. session for You're me. welcome. <laughs> I mean, I think 
a perfect like next step for you going into the pandemic is just to enjoy the moment like enjoy yeah. the present enjoy taking the moment like on each date on each interaction whether that's with the community or it's with people you're dating like just kind of appreciate what is in front of you i think that's a great way to kind of just keep building on this yeah for sure the woman who is also drinking her wine along with the rest of us. Just kidding. I'm not drinking wine, but she is holding that wine so well right now. Her name is Swanee. She's in her late 30s. She's been in San Francisco for 10 years, originally from Malaysia, and she's single and actively going on dates and drinking her wine. Swanee, (laughs) what's up, girl? So what have these dates been like during the pandemic? So I'll start off by saying that... um, I wasn't super actively dating during the start of the pandemic. I only started dating around like August or September. And what I was noticing was that people were more non-committal than usual, I think. And I completely understand where they're coming from because the pandemic just threw so much uncertainty into people's lives that they're like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be in San Francisco. I don't know what job I'm going to be next and all that stuff. I'm not sure if I'm going to move out, move to another state. So I think that level of uncertainty in people's lives is completely understandable. Mm -hmm. I think that somewhat contributed to people being a lot more non-committal when it comes Mm -hmm. to dating. But I like to think that, you know, people put themselves out there to date in hopes of finding that special person and also in hopes that whatever happens during the pandemic with all the uncertainties, that if you find that someone's special, you'll be able to work it out and figure something out together. So, yeah. And then what what do you think is something that during the pandemic that you started doing in your love life that you never thought you'd start doing? (laughs) I definitely got so very vulnerable on video dates, which I never, you know, never in a million years, like I, before the pandemic, I wouldn't even entertain the thought of a video date or a phone call before an in-person date. And then here I am during the pandemic talking about like deepest, darkest fears and listening to somebody talk about theirs. And I'm talking about mine over video. And like, we're basically like complete strangers who just met on video and we're telling each other all these (laughs) super personal things. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I would never have done that before the pandemic. So yeah, that's definitely it. Yeah. So these dates, the dates Mm -hmm. that you talked about, like what types of dates were you actually doing during the pandemic? Did a lot of video dates. Interestingly enough, when I started going online to date around like September, that was also the time when San Francisco is like, had the orange sky and the super <laughs> bad air and all that stuff. So I'm like, we kept having to do video dates because we couldn't go out to meet. So it was like, yeah, so it was like four video dates straight without ever meeting this person. Um, but it was just mostly a lot of like walks in the park. I braved outdoor dining once with a date, walks on the <laughs> beaches, sitting on a park bench, like on each side of the, on each end. <laughs> like with the real six feet. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like most people weren't doing that. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I was going to say too, I think like my, sort of like my ability to be very vulnerable on those video dates. I got a lot of training, I think, from this group Mm. because we're doing all these happy hours, right? And all these like podcast discussions. And I'm just like, wow, these are people that I don't know. They live in the different side of the country. And like, (laughs) we know so much about each other. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I think I got training from that. And I, I just brought that vibe into these dates too. And I'm like, oh, okay, it works. Isn't that crazy that a lot of you mm-hmm. haven't met? Like, it's so nuts. <laughs> like, I feel like I know you so well and we've never even met. You know, it's nuts. I know. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. But so yeah. I guess that leads into, like, how do you feel the community has changed your perspectives or, like, what have you learned from being part of the sounding board and the Love in the Time of Corona group? Mm. It definitely has made me feel less alone. And what I've learned is that there's so many people who are in the, in the similar situation that I am. It helps to, for me at least, it helps to know that there are other people who are in this similar situation and maybe so that we can commiserate on the misery. <laughs> it's, more like, um, it's more like sometimes like in these situations, especially when you hit a certain age, when all your friends are married with kids and all that, like you kind of feel like the odd one out where you're like, what is wrong with me? Like, and I'm going on these dates and I'm trying to tell my friends about these dates and they're like, oh, maybe you should do this like X, Y, and Z or something. Mm-hmm. I know they mean well, but they may not necessarily understand like modern dating, um, online dating and all that. So it was just so nice to find this community that just even sharing experiences helps you feel less alone. And I think that's what we found. And then just a sense of vulnerability in our group where people just are so um, just so open about sharing. And I think it it has really helped tie us through this lonely pandemic and then friendships that built from there. So I'm like just super grateful for for everything that has happened with this group. Can you help paint the picture of your first time interacting with the community and the thoughts that were going through your head? The first time, the first, I think the first time I really interacted with the community was during the um, very first town hall that you guys did. I think about this time last mm-hmm. year on race on racism. To start off with, with just the both of you, there was that openness to approaching um very difficult issues, including like issues of racism. And even though like, you're like, oh, this is a dating podcast. It's supposed to be fun and all that stuff. But there's so many other aspects that come into dating, including um, a lot of social issues, which I, I think I was just very impressed with the both of you first, because like you were not afraid to tackle these issues and then bring it into the wider community by holding this town hall. And then in this town hall, and then I realized that, oh, there's so many people out there who are also just so open and willing to share. And that's one of the things that I was so impressed is that that openness to share information, because then it, it just cascades into making more people more open to sharing their information. And that's how we built connections. And that's how we built friendship. So I think that was my first impression of the group. And then I think I just really wanted to get to know people more because I, I was honestly feeling very lonely this time last year. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I think it was you actually that messaged me. It was like, we should do happy hours. I really think it yes. was like started with you actually. <laughs> yes, because I'm like, who wants to do happy hours? <laughs> talk about dating and how awful it is for single people. <laughs> and now, now it's funny that that was like how you started, though. And now you're like, it's taught me how to be vulnerable. Like, that's actually kind of nuts when you think about it, that like, mm-hmm. the first impression is, let's just all commiserate in our misery. But that's really not <laughs> where it's gone at all. <laughs> it was actually UA and I's fair too about starting this group. And it has like blown us away in terms of what yeah. it's become. It's definitely blown me away too. And I, I think like, I remember when I approached you guys to start this happy hour, or that start 
start the happy hours. It was just a very, very, very generic idea because I'm like, oh, so many other groups are starting online happy hours. So why not this one? I'm like, just throw it out there. Just ask. It, it doesn't hurt to ask. That's, I think, kind of one of my mottos in life is like, it doesn't hurt to ask. Um, I just threw it out there and then, and then it just cascaded into this. So yeah, like I said, I'm just very, very grateful for where a year later where things ended up with this group. Yeah, to be able to build friendships, like have that kind of company. And I just remember like for Thanksgiving and Christmas too, it's like we had this group that came together just to like spend Thanksgiving and Christmas together, even if it was online. So yeah. <laughs> and then as we're like emerging from the pandemic, how do you see things changing? Like, do you think you'll still do video, whether that's with the community or video dates? Like, how do you see that progressing as we emerge out? Personally, for me, I really love the videos, though. I never thought I would like it, but I'm like, this is such a great <laughs> investment way. I felt like the videos have always been able to give me enough clue to be like, do I want to see this person in person? Mm -hmm. So I really, really like it, and I'm, I'm going to use this going forward. Here we have Ryan. He's 31 years old from Dayton, Ohio. He's been there his whole life and he's currently in a monogamous relationship. Or since we've known you, this is a new monogamous relationship that you've yep. entered into. Yep. <laughs> and so that's a great segue into the first question. What has been your dating life like over the pandemic? Yeah, so went from being in a four-year relationship at the start of everything to separating with that person, finding dateable, finding a community, <laughs> and really kind of like going down that rabbit hole of like self-work and trying to uh, make myself, you know, just a better version, rediscovery after you're in a relationship for a while, kind of trying to talk with people, meet people, um, which is super hard to do during a pandemic situation. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of testing the waters, finding out what people's comfort level is. Being somebody who's immunocompromised, it's kind of an extra level of consideration in, you know, the time of like, okay, do I want to meet up with this person or not? It was really kind of more of a consideration of like, do I think that there's actually a connection there? And then, yeah, about a month and a couple weeks ago, uh, I met somebody and <laughs> seeing each other and it's been going pretty well. We are in an exclusive relationship. It's we established. We met him, right, Matt? Matt was on the uh, <laughs> live event for him to kind of pop in. I loved how like the whole community knew him because they were just like, oh, yes, excited to see it. But how did you guys meet? I don't think we actually even asked you that before. <laughs> yeah. How does one gay person meet another gay person? Grinder. Um, <laughs> grinder, yeah, it was grinder. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. There's a comedian named Matteo Lane. He says they should have called it "boot by the foot" because it literally <laughs> goes down to like the actual feet of where somebody is. Um, and I think that's actually a better name for it. But it's funny because we only live like five minute drive from each other, so um, we've literally been in each other's backyard. And I don't know. It's thought you were gonna say five feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's my next door neighbor. It's great. Um, he's just been living in my closet. I didn't even know. <laughs> that's, that's how you meet someone during COVID. That's exactly how. Yeah. Oh, look at that. He's been in the closet the whole time. Um, yeah. Now he's out. <laughs> that's a multi-level one there. So before COVID, had you like used dating apps like when you were in a relate like before you were in a relationship or was this new? Mm, yeah, no, I, I think I've always kind of used um, Grinder. I mean, was like, 
like the original. Um, it's so funny because we did one of those live happy hours where we were talking about different stats and, and you know, questions about like dating and whatever. And that was one of the questions that came up is what was the original? And I knew it right away. I said, grinder. And everybody came up with like, oh, tender, uh, you know, okay, Cupid or, you know, whatever. And I said, mm-mm. Grinder, I know it. <laughs> Grinder started it all. Leave it to the gays to find a way to find each other. <laughs> we did that, um, yeah. But uh, we we had Grinder, and like that was kind of the one that I was on originally. And then I used uh, Tender at one point in time, and that's actually how I met my my ex. Um, was through Tender. But Tender and like those other apps are kind of not great for me sometimes because it is hard because they'll connect you with people that are like 100 miles away. And it's like, well, this is not ideal for me. Right. I don't want to have to date somebody I have to drive two hours to see. That's just not functional for me. <laughs> so going back to our dateable community, especially the sounding board, how do you think this community has shaped your perspective on love? Yeah, it definitely, <laughs> I think it's actually made me a little bit sterner because I've always been this like, no, give people the benefit of the doubt. You don't really know. And like, I'm always that person who's kind of just like advocating, I think for like, okay, well, maybe this is the situation. Don't jump to conclusions, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it has taught me to, which like, I shouldn't always give people the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes it is it is good to have that mindset and get that balancing check because I always have a tendency to do that and and I end up becoming a doormat I think sometimes which is not good either so yeah I mean that's one of the big things I've really pulled from having the community there is is checking me and reining me in on that too um which thankfully I haven't really had to do that with Matt he's always been very considerate very responsive and and has really kind of valued my time and respected me through a lot of our interactions which I Mm -hmm. think is why you know we're where we're at right now so Right. Well, I think that's exactly it. It's like once you have that boundary, the people that like are going to show up will start to find their way through and you'll you'll have less tolerance for the other people. And I think especially during a pandemic, people have kind of gotten, you know, a little more rigid on some of their expectations. Did you have any like situations where someone you could tell someone wasn't meeting that standard and you were like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, so we we love to talk about fuckboys. Um, <laughs> Who doesn't? Have you I been mean, quarantined from fuckboys? <laughs> I wasn't originally, but not in not on purpose. Um, I like had to find out the hard way, you know. And I think we all have a moment like that. But yeah, um, and uh, I mean, like uh, he's a fine person. I just think that he was closeted. Um, so that person was it was just not meant to be. But I did have a lot of like not valued time. Mm. And it was simply because like, regardless of whatever's happening in that person's life, value, uh, base value, like that person just would not show up when they, when I had the expectation for them to, um, or they would set the expectation for them to show up and then it would fall through. And it's just like, well, that's, that's important to me. Um, And I think definitely being a member of the community and having people bolster that ideology really set that foundation for me to really hold that as a standard and be like, no, this is, that is a requirement for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to have somebody value my time and I have to have somebody show up when they say they're going to show up because I do that. So why can't I expect that from my partner as well? 
Preach right. on. I love it. Yes. <laughs> and now that you're in this committed monogamous relationship and you're both vaccinated at this point, right? I remember mm-hmm. you saying that. Round two was today. We went together. First Ooh, shot and second what a shot. Romantic so romantic. <laughs> we got our second shot together. Uh-huh. It's not the date of 2021. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we still have to go to Costco and get our samples, but you know, that hasn't yet. Still waiting yeah. for that. But when that day comes, when you can get your free samples at Costco and when you can run wild, like everything was like before COVID, your relationship will evolve as well. Have you two had a conversation about how you're going to emerge out of the pandemic as a couple? Yeah, um, I definitely think after we had our first vaccinations, we started kind of meeting each other's people, which Mm -hmm. like he's originally not from our area. So he has some people in this area, but I've only actually met one of his friends so far. He's met a couple of my friends and then actually Easter this weekend, he met my family. So for some that might be pretty quick, but I don't really ascribe to the like, you have to have a timeline thing. It's whatever is right for the two individuals in the relationship. And in this case, we just had an open dialogue about what works for both of us. And he was not going home for his family for Easter stuff. So I said, okay, well, the invitation is open. Do you, would you be comfortable with that? Or, you know, what do you want to do? And he said, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'm in. So he came and met my family this weekend. So, you know, from there, it's just going to be kind of furthering meeting each other and, and finding out how to work into each other's schedules and live a more somewhat normal lifestyle now that we can start maybe doing that a little bit more and not just like sitting on the couch and eating order in <laughs> and <laughs> doing that. And then when did this become monogamous? I guess that should have been my first question. So yeah, I was about, I think it was about two weeks into us seeing each other. Matt kind of uh, prompted with just like, I don't want to like scare you or anything, but I have kind of thought about talking to you about whether or not you wanted to make this exclusive. And, you know, if you wanted to be my like quote unquote boyfriend and I was like, no, that doesn't scare me away. I'm in this to build a relationship with somebody and I do like spending time with you. So are you actually asking me that? Or are you thinking about asking me that? And <laughs> and he said, no, yeah, I mean, I, I would like to ask that. And so I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Love it. I feel like there's just like this world of opportunity now that's coming out, like coming out of the pandemic. Yeah, I'm so excited for you. It's so exciting that you found someone throughout it and that you guys are kind of going into that next phase together. Yeah, it's really interesting too that I know that we had that recent episode about age and, you know, I kind of had some limiting beliefs around that recently as well. And I think it's taken me meeting Matt and kind of seeing uh, some of this stuff in real time that like really honestly what matters is the person, Mm. how they respond to you, how they act, how they treat you, what they bring to the table is more important. And it's really interesting because this topic has continued to come up (laughs) in the sounding board and in um, the main group. And it's so weird to see it just being discussed so heavily. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like currently doing that and it's working it works. So it's more once you start paying more attention to character and less about trivial things that like really honestly don't matter, then you start finding things that are more important in in the people that you're looking at. So you think this was a shift for you during the pandemic? Yeah, definitely, for sure. And I mean, that's definitely something that came about because Datable, I think, helped encourage it Mm. per our discussions about limiting beliefs and things before that. And then, you know, that episode just had like a timely release. (laughs) Um, And then it's 
just like, oh yeah, this is very fitting. I can definitely relate. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting that that's kind of played out that way. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we're super excited for you and Matt and keep us posted on how the relationship evolves in a post-COVID world. And get your Costco samples. <laughs> Love that from Ryan. I love that he is proof that relationships can still come out of COVID and they can still flourish after COVID because I think a lot of us worked on our communication skills, uh, solidifying our values and standards during COVID so that now we are prepped for much stronger relationships. Absolutely. Like, I think one of my biggest takeaways is like, be the person that you want to date. And I think this COVID time gave us that time to reflect. Like, I actually heard a quote somewhere that was like, write down all the qualities you want in a partner. And instead of finding a partner, make sure you exhibit all those qualities. Because like, if you don't exhibit those qualities, how can you expect someone else to? And I think the reverse holds true too, is like, if you are a reliable person, if you are a consistent person, an honest person, cut through the BS and like, don't stand for people that don't exhibit those values that you exhibit. Yeah. And think about it. You spend a whole year working on yourself, right? Right. And taking inventory of your previous relationships and thinking about what an ideal relationship looks like for you. Don't throw that out the door. Like this is not the time. You spent a whole year working (laughs) on this. Don't let that progress stop. So what I'm hearing from everyone that we've talked to is they're taking it slowly. <laughs> I yes. think that's one major theme coming out of pandemic, going back into in real life dating. Just take baby steps. There's no need to go on all the apps and get all the matches and stack up your dates one more time and make your dates five minutes long so you can cram them all in one day. There's just no need. Now that you know what you're looking for, hopefully, or somewhat, or the feeling you're looking for, take it one day at a time. Right. I think one of the best things that came out of COVID dating is that there was less serial dating going on. Yeah. Like people were more giving that one person a shot. And I think I would love to see that continue post COVID as well. Even when like, you know, I think part of it was from it's almost like COVID was an STD in a way, right? It's like Mm. you didn't want to be exposed to all these people. But I think even when, you know, this is under control, I don't I think it's a good way to approach things. Like if things don't work, out, you can always get back on the apps. But I feel like you and I have always kind of been like, we're not numbers people because it's so hard to really form a deep connection if you're juggling all these people at surface level. Yes, yes. It's quality over quantity. And that means so much more than just dating. It means everything in your life. Now that you've spent all this time working on quality, let's keep that going. And I, I think what I'm also hearing from everyone is that there's a new sense of control in their life. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, okay, I'm a survivor <laughs> through the last year of the <laughs> pandemic. And we made I, it. <laughs> I, we, made, we made through this together. And if I can control my life and I can steer my life in the direction that I want to, why would I relinquish that power to someone else mm-hmm. who doesn't text me back, who is ghosting me, who is ignoring me? Don't relinquish your control because you worked so hard on gaining back your control. 
Totally. Like, I think, like, as someone that was single during part of the pandemic, it was very scary at first. And then I think it became very empowering because you're like, if I can get through this on my own and I can be at one with my company. And again, I'm not speaking for everyone. I know a lot of people really struggle with loneliness during the time. But I think that is also a sign of like, what is it that's really going on for you? And I think instead of turning to another person, turning to yourself. So then when you meet another person, you're meeting them under like, this is like someone I want to like share a life with, not like I need to like survive. Yeah, you're not looking for someone to complete you. You're already complete. You're just looking for someone to compliment you. And if they don't compliment you, you move on. You have standards now and you can figure out who are the right people for you. So let's let's not forget that we have that power. Jerry Maguire totally fucked us with that saying. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> but I think the one last takeaway I have is just like, you know, the vulnerability that people are willing to show nowadays. Like, I think going through something difficult has also reminded us, too, of what really matters in life. And a lot of what we heard in these convos was like, even through video connection, people were able to go deep, whether that was like with, you know, friends and the sounding board or like, potential partners that they were dating there was a lot of like kind of like the bs like what's your favorite color where do you like to go on the weekends (laughs) conversations going on and more of like the deep stuff of like what really matters in life like what am i looking for like how do i really form a connection with this person yes i think covid really put things in perspective for a lot of people and now you're able to prioritize what's important in your life and I think for anybody listening to this, and if any of the people on on the last two episodes, their journeys really resonated with you, or you saw a little bit of yourself in them, come into our Facebook group, find these hosts, and continue the conversation with them. Know that you're not on this journey alone. Although we're all going through our own shit, and we don't have everything figured out, but know that there is always someone in this group who can... I don't know, just be your sounding board. Be someone you can bounce ideas off of and feel like you're not alone in this journey. Absolutely. I love that like whenever someone puts up a post, there's immediately someone that responds back, I've been in the same situation. And I think that's been something that's been so pivotal to our podcast too. I think like when you and I started, like we thought every dating story was unique. And you know, like (laughs) I remember being like, I'm the only one going through this situation where I go on all these dates and they don't work work out and you feel very you feel like something's wrong with you but I think normalizing the conversation and realizing that it's just a part of modern dating and eventually something is gonna stick I think one of the other like takeaways that I have too is like everything is a season like COVID is a season like things are Mm -hmm. going to come out of that so if you're single today you may not be tomorrow you know it's like things always change and things can change really damn fast especially like as you get more comfortable of what you're looking for. So I think wherever you are today, it's okay. And I love like this thought of like, what is good that is in where I am today? Because the reality is, whatever life stage you're in, whether you're single or in a relationship, there's going to be pros and cons. So you might as well focus on the pros while you're in it. Yes. Keep on evolving. Keep on progressing. Keep on learning. And then be kind to yourself. This is your, you you need to figure out like the best source of self-care right now. We all went through something very traumatic. So take care of yourself and take care of the people around you. 
All right. That's it. Thank you so much for listening to this two-parter. We're back with our, I guess, our regular episodes starting next week. Uh, if you really enjoy our our show and we really enjoy having you as our listener, please go into Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review and maybe leave a comment or two. We really, really appreciate it. We are so close to 500. So close. Are we? We ah. are. We're like 40 away. So get on it. Help us yes, out. Yes, <laughs> just 40 more. Please, please, please pay it forward. And we'll pay it forward as well. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. Stay, Stay dateable. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag Stay Dateable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. 